Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast hosted by three dummies. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who I hung out with in Venice this weekend. Sure did. That was me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother who stayed home and cried like a little baby. Wow. That's that's me, Trey Newman. All right. As always, you can follow us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, you can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Bros. And we actually just dropped another bonus episode there for the patrons. And one of them said it was, quote, the funniest episode he's ever listened to. Actually, that's not the quote. He said, funniest episode I've ever listened to. Wow. Close enough. I didn't, I missed that. Huh? What, what, what was our, what was the episode about again? <laughs> it was, um, oh my God. <laughs> oh, it was the guessing who the people were? Yeah, it was guess who, guess, or who oh, am that's I? Right. That's right. That's right. All right. Yeah, that was fun. Good, good sales job, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I need um, a little more explanation on that. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's, uh, let's get to our old takes here. So... All of these predictions came at some point during last offseason. And Trey, we're going to put you on the hot seat first. Um, but before we get to your bad takes, we're allowing each bro to share a few good ones. So give us give us your best takes. All right. I like it. Uh, well, first, uh, you know, this has to do with with my volunteers all year. I, you just sometimes have to you can't go against your unexplainable feeling. They're a long shot, but I, I really like Tennessee this year. The the Vols, their their over under is set at six and a half, uh, with the over being favored at minus one fifty five. They have one of the more experienced teams coming back. Jarrett Garantano, he showed flashes last year at quarterback, and I think he could pot- potentially break out this season. All of the top running backs and receivers return, along with seven of the, the eight offensive linemen in the rotation, including Trey Smith. And I also on the on the defense, the back end, they return most of the linebackers and defensive backs. So there's a lot of pieces to like. And then the the biggest problem for Tennessee last year was they weren't consistent, but there was a lot of youth and inexperience. So I'm seeing a big jump in this season. I just I just have this unexplainable feeling, guys, that Tennessee's gonna improve a lot this year. I'm going over on them. They have a fairly semi or a fairly favorable schedule. And the Vols are actually gonna be my lock. Man, that was, two and five, right? That looked a little... Yeah, they were one and four as well. It was uh, not looking good. Not looking good. It took them a while to get their stride, but they found it. Yeah. Okay, what's number two? Ah, yes, number two. There were a few Big Ten West teams that were getting getting some hype, and one of them I wasn't buying into. I know. I knew you'd go over with Brom. Um, yeah, people will. A lot of people love him, and I, I do too. But I'm, I'm not really maybe seeing it this year. I just think that offense is going to take too big of a step back. You know, Rondell Moore is really the the only exciting piece coming back. They lose a majority of the line and the receiving core, so I just don't. I'm not I'm not seeing the upswing. But overall, this team they were six and six last year, and now they lose a lot of talent. I think they go under. And I'm actually going to make it my lock. Ooh, wow. All right. Two for two on our locks here so far, Trey. Yeah, you know, I I did all right this year. Yeah, their their win total was set at seven, and they ended up going four and eight. So 
Didn't have to sweat that one. And then finally, we had a little team in Tennessee also, Memphis. Their over-under was nine and a half, and I had a pretty good feeling on them. I love Memphis this year. I think this offense should just put up huge numbers. The defense is usually Memphis's downfall when it comes to, you know, playing and, and winning this conference. But I don't see that being too much of the case this year. They played a bunch of underclassmen last year. They also bring in a Juco All-American on the D-line. Uh, Bryce Huff at linebacker had 19 tackles for loss and nine and a half sacks. So I think they go over because of the schedule. And if they beat Ole Miss in the opener, I'll be very confident. And in fact, I think they will. So I'm going to call for Memphis to be my New Year's Six team. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. That was a really good pick. And yeah. it's made to look even better because we're not even going to get to this. But Ryan, you and I both chose Houston as our New Year's Six oh, participant. Wow. That did not age well. No, not at all. And it actually, yeah, it definitely says something that it's not even either of, of our five worst takes, Ryan. It's up there, though, man. Wow. Had to be close. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, now for the fun part. Yeah. Trey. The ball is in Ryan and I's court. Right. And we get to make fun of you. So, Ryan, what's number five? For yeah. Uh, this first one here was a big mistake here. Huge mistake. Couldn't believe he made it. Uh, we were doing a Big 12 preview and uh, Trey was rather bearish on uh, a certain Big 12 school. Oh, that's crazy. I hate to go against a lock, but defensively, I just, it's hard for me to get over the fact that they, they weren't good and they're in the, the categories with Oregon State, as you mentioned. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, over the first two years of the rule era, they've averaged the 81st ranked defense by S&P Plus, and they gave up 26 plays of 40 or more yards. No other team in the Big 12 gave up more than 19, and we know the Big 12 isn't known for defense. So, I mean, I the the lack of turnovers. I just I need it to be proven before uh, before I believe in it. Do you believe in it now, Trey? <laughs> I, I I do I do. I was proven wrong, and I I I wasn't really buying into the fact that you could teams can actually improve year over year. Wow, that was yeah. I like especially the fact that you were bearish on the defense, which is yeah kind of what carried them. Yep, exactly. Yep. So did they go over or under seven and a half? I don't remember. Yeah, I think they barely made it, Mike. Yeah. Okay. All right. But yeah, that's it's... probably all of mine, right? We're we're done. No, we got quite a few more here, oh. Trey. Uh, the next one were your thoughts on Missouri, and their win total was set at eight. Even with that a potential bull man, I just I just love them. I mean, even with the we talk about the losses that they had, like Drew Locke. Oh, that's fine. Kelly Bryant, Terry Beckner last year on the D line. Ryan, you mentioned Jordan Elliott, like. They've got they've got guys all over that I'm I'm confident in. It feels weird to take the over, but I love their schedule. They only have to play Ole Miss and Arkansas from the West, like you mentioned earlier, Michael. And on the East, they get Florida and Tennessee at home. So I'm taking the over. I personally don't feel bad about this one. I liked Missouri. Kelly Bryant was injured. They 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 had a rough go. They sputtered at the end for sure. It, it was they started off well. Actually, they, they lost to Wyoming, Wyoming early. One, yeah, yeah. <laughs> After the Wyoming one, they rebounded and then. Oh. But they just weren't. Yeah, I was with you, Trey. I thought they were going to be really good, and it just did not work out. Of course, they went six and six. Yeah, I don't regret that one too much. Barry Odom does. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, the next one here. We had another over under. This one was uh, 
in our Pac-12 preview, we're talking about Oregon, and theirs was set at eight and a half. So see where you went there. I'm I'm just not not feeling the feeling the Ducks as much. I mean, the the last time we saw them, they won one of the ugliest bowl games. I've ever seen in the Red Box Bowl against Michigan State and <laughs> sorry, Braden. But, you know, the Ducks, they underachieved a little bit last year. You know, yeah, they did have that super recruiting class that you mentioned, Ryan. Um, but, you know, we'll see if that pays any dividends for for this upcoming season. Though the one thing about Justin Herbert, people love the fact that, yeah, he came back and he could have been a top five pick. But if you look at how he played against top 40 opponents last year, he did not fare that that all that well at all. And not to mention, this upcoming year, they have a pretty tough schedule, at least compared to the other contenders in the Pac-12. So he's really going to have to up his performance in those those upper-tier games that they play. Now, the, on the defensive side, I don't know if, you know, losing their their coordinator, Levitt, now they're, they're going to a new guy, that's, that's a little bit of a transition too. So that might be tough. Bottom line, I think Oregon might be a little overhyped. Their tough games are away from Odson, so I'm going to go under. So I was the one who uh, put together all of these these clips, and I thought about cutting that one down, giving Trey a little bit of a break, but you didn't. But I didn't. I was I was dead wrong on that. Dead dead wrong. The other the one thing to my credit is I did underestimate, or I guess I didn't realize that the rest of the Pac-12 wasn't all that great. Of course, Utah was, but but I was dead wrong on on Oregon. Okay, we are to your your final two takes, Trey, and these are extremely, extremely hot. Um, so the first one here, well, it's actually going to be two clips, and it comes from your um, your SEC quarterback rankings. All right, number five, Mississippi State's Keaton mm. Thompson. Whoa. Now, this is more of a play on Joe Moorhead. Yeah, it uh, better be. If not for him, Thompson might be a little lower on my list, but... He's a more of a seasoned passer than Fitzgerald, but you know anyone is. Uh, he he started the first game last year, had seven total touchdowns. I know it was against an FCF foe, but it's still an encouraging sign for for at least some potential. I hope you're right because obviously I'm a big Joe Moorhead guy, but I think this is my biggest disagreement of the episode. I think he yeah, should, I'm with you here, Michael. This is mine as well. You have him tier two right now, terrible twos. I think you should he should maybe be back on the. Uh, getting an education tier no comment no comment (laughs) (laughs) i also could have cut that that clip early but i had to get me looking super smart in there that's the advantage of uh of having the control of the editing software um but so that that's bad enough number five keaton thompson but let's see where you put joe burrow number eight lsu's joe burrow i've just never been super high on burrow but he finished the year well. Coach O wanted to enhance the offense even more. He brought in a new passing game coordinator. Um, they this the LSU hasn't had stability at quarterback before, so it's nice to have have him around. To, uh, he can at least he doesn't scare defense, but he can at least keep the defense honest. No, I like that. He's a, he's a middle of the pack guy, so that's <laughs> <laughs> collateral damage I mean, for Ryan there. <laughs> yeah, dang, couldn't cut it a second shorter. <laughs> nope Uh, right after that i probably said oh i totally agree he should be lower actually (laughs) that was uh that was obviously very brutal in in hindsight but i want to go back to anyone in the nation that was predicting anything near this and and i'll bow down to them no no one was okay ryan we got one more 
All right. So this next one, Trey, was um, I don't remember which episode it was, but we were ranking the top twenty-five coaches in uh, in the country, and uh, well, you had Lincoln Riley as a little bit of an outlier compared to uh, Michael and I. Okay, so I might have been a little overzealous and tried to make a point because I had him nineteenth. <laughs> now, nineteenth. <19th>? Wow, nineteenth. <laughs> this, this is solely <laughs> that you hate OU. No, it, it has nothing to do with it here. I, I'm. I'm totally unbiased. This, you know, I could have <laughs> totally. I, I could have put up put him up a few pegs, but this is solely based on the fact that he inherited arguably the most talent anyone ever really has in college football. Like Stoops just gave him a top five team. So what a situation! And then not to mention he got inherits Baker Mayfield, and then Kyler Murray had already transferred. So you know, he he no doubt I give him credit. He had a role in making them great. I'm not saying he didn't. But I just really want to see what OU is like after a full cycle of his products. I don't know I what mean, to say. I got, I got nothing. <laughs> we just sat here in silence. No one wants to say anything. I, I'm not going to bite. <laughs> and you know what is problematic about that one is it made Ryan and I look bad because we were we did a, a top. We were actually ranking our top ten head coaches, and we just combined all of our rankings and averaged them. So. We put Lincoln Riley behind Scott Frost because of that tray, and you make us look really dumb. Just give it a few years. <laughs> <laughs> He's sticking right. to it. <laughs> long term here. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'll double down. Fine. Uh, sure. <laughs> All right. Well, you handled that well, Trey. You're off the hot seat. Good job, Trey. All right. I'll take it. Uh, Ryan, you now. So, Trey, we only get, gave uh, three opportunities to give good opinions ryan i'm gonna give you four because when you sent me uh your audio clips you sent me the timestamp. yeah so i was able to i was able to find them quickly i appreciated that <laughs> i was trying uh, to be courteous so, so that's, that's your nice. reward <laughs> all right thank you uh all right so this first one here we were uh it was the same episode we were just talking about the ranking the top 25 coaches and uh well i i thought i did a pretty good job on this one Gus Malzahn, David Shaw, Chip Kelly, Jeff Brom. Chip Kelly? Okay. Well, there's a disagreement from Ryan there. I didn't have any of him. I, I didn't have him anywhere near my top 25. Well, wow. I mean, he did do pretty well at Oregon. Yeah. And even like 10 years ago. Well, well I mean, it's one, <laughs> one year at UCLA. I'm not writing him off yet. Yeah. It's not maybe as good as what people thought, but you know, I'm, yeah, you're, you're I'm, quick to judge. Yeah. Uh, you got, you got, yeah, fair enough, but I'm low. But I'm low. Just had to get one more little dig in there. I know. Yeah, I left that in there. You're, uh, <laughs> you've been pretty consistently low, uh, lower than everyone on Chip Kelly. So yeah, that's. I right mean, away. it's not over. He could still turn it around, but it's looking good. Yeah, it's true. It is. All right. Thank you. Uh yes, here. Let's go on to number two here. Uh, we were. This was the. We were just trying to uh, predict where college game day would go each week, and uh, had a pretty good prediction here. I think the top game um, would be maybe North North Dakota State at South Dakota State uh, in Week Nine. Both those teams are preseason top five, um, but you do have competition. Obviously, LSU, uh, Auburn at LSU, Notre Dame, Michigan. Oh, that's those, tough. That might be. It's tough. Those are tough. But who, uh, those teams may have a few losses by then. Who knows? They, they would need that. Thank you very much. They ended up going to that game. South well, Dakota just State. to be clear, the prompt was to choose the most likely <laughs> FCS game. It's not like you just predicted that. No, yeah, I had FCS, but, you know, still got the FCS game. 
yeah no that was that was great yep uh all right moving on to number three you had to put that one in there mike thanks for that little asterisk well i mean i didn't want people to think you were literally god because if you had just picked that (laughs) that'd have been crazy yeah true very true uh, all right, the next one here, what is the next one? Oh, yeah, we were in a conversation with uh, Ty Hildenbrand uh, here, and he was, uh, we were supposed to give him some hot takes, and he was going to grade these takes uh, about how spicy they were. So. so my hot take is that neither Tua or Justin Herbert will be the number one pick next year. I'm thinking somebody out of the blue is just going to have a great year, shoot up the draft boards, and take that number one spot from those two. What do you think? If you're telling me that Justin Herbert won't be the top pick, I don't think that's all that spicy. Yeah. Because I don't think he will be the top pick. Even okay. if he, you know, even if he has a good year, I don't think he will be the top pick. But if you're telling me that Tua won't be the top pick, then we gotta talk. Because <laughs> if it's not Tua, Ryan, then who's it gonna be? <laughs> hey, look at the last couple of years. Who thought Kyler Murray was gonna be the number one overall pick? Yeah. The year before true. that, that's Baker true. Mayfield, I mean, he was a good player, but nobody thought he was gonna be taken number one. I just, I mean, it happened in the past where it's like some guy is just going to say, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna have a great year. People aren't expecting it. All of a sudden, hey, I'm number one. <laughs> well, it would be nice. Hopefully he goes number one. Yeah, I guess it's not, <laughs> it's not over yet, but. <laughs> not etched in stone. But. Looking good. Yeah. <laughs> and Ryan, I, I'm sure during that, I was just like, Ryan, please do not, please do not yell at Ty Hildenbrandt. He could, yeah. he could just, I don't <laughs> Shut know what. Up, Ty, you're stupid, dude. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's been great for us. He's a nice guy. He is. Okay, yeah. Uh, did I say that right, Mike? Did I, did I get that one correct? Say what right? That Ty's nice and he's a really great guy. And He is. Good, good. All right, now it sounds like we're saying he's not. He is a super <laughs> no, nice guy. I, I'm just kidding. He's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he sucks. Uh, all right. What? 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 I'm just what? kidding. <laughs> I didn't know what he you said. He is awesome. Yeah, All right. We're moving on. <laughs> All right. Why are you uh, rolling your last... eyes, Ryan? <laughs> 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 oh, now you're flipping me off. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, this last one here. Um, Big 12 preview. Just take a listen. I am actually going to have to go with Oklahoma and... Baylor, I think. Oh, yep. that's even bolder. That's very bold. Wow. Yeah, I know. Call me crazy. Call me crazy, boys. You're crazy. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to say that Baylor wins the Big 12. I think what? they beat OU. I, I'm high on Baylor, oh my, gentlemen. It's my lock. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> OU is coming way back down to down to earth here. All right. That's... Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. Yep. That's that's very bold. I'm, it's wide. The Big 12 is wide open this year, I feel like. It's, this is the year to take a chance on somewhat underdog in the in the conference michael Uh, michael and i were just totally appalled we were yeah (laughs) yeah i thought we lost all credibility yeah you guys didn't give it a chance there no and it is i mean obviously you still get a ton of credit for this pick but man if they had just won an overtime in the big 12 championship so close that that hurts overtime i feel like we would have got some pub for it i'm not sure where yeah maybe maybe so probably nowhere but it it was a fun year though they gave us yep. quite a ride though for several weeks we were just like what how, how much longer are they gonna keep this going i know that was cool all right great great pick that was the pick of the year obviously on our podcast yeah no yeah. doubt um but now we've got uh, some bad takes for you ryan 
And the first one is placing Jake Luton last among Pac-12 quarterbacks. The Beavers, Oregon State, they have a, a three-way battle, but Jake Luton, he got a sixth year, and he's likely to take advantage of that and probably be the starter. But, you know, it's the Beavers. <laughs> I, I'm I'm already strongly disagreeing here. I He was pretty good last year when he played. I know he's injury-prone, but I guess I just, I didn't bother to look too much into his stats. I just saw Beaver quarterback. I'm like, 12. <laughs> <laughs> he just assumed he was really bad. Yeah, he had a pretty darn good year. <laughs> yeah, 28 touchdowns, three picks. Definitely not number 12 in the Pac-12. I just, uh, I chose that one, though, because I look good, mostly. Yeah, yeah, of course. True. All right, the uh, the next one. You know, Ryan being our resident Nebraska homer, he had an, an opinion on one of their games this year. I'm taking Nebraska minus nine and a half at Colorado. For some reason, I have a very good feeling about this game. It kind of reminds me of the, the 2010 game when Nebraska went to Seattle and played UW. We, we, me and the bros went to that game and they had Jake Locker. They were supposed to be pretty good. And I just like... I wasn't feeling it. I was like, no, Nebraska's going to whoop their butt. And <laughs> they won by like 30. It was an easy, easy victory. I'm getting that same vibe here. Okay. Nebraska's definitely going to have payback on their minds after some of the stuff that happened in Lincoln last year. And they're just two teams going in opposite directions. And there's going to be a ton of Husker fans there. Don't really see a huge home field advantage. I don't know. I just, I think Nebraska's going to go in there and win by like three touchdowns. Was Man. that a first half bet? Yeah. yeah first half, first- you were looking good. Yeah, 17 nothing at half. Look real good. Yeah. Floodgates opened. Okay, next one we have is uh also in our our tiered quarterback rankings episode and you had Tate Martell very high in the ACC. Uh Miami quarterback Tate Martell at number 4. Uh, hasn't played too much, but he did look good in the the limited opportunities he got at at Ohio State, so I feel comfortable putting him here in this third tier and fourth overall in the ACC. Got some good tutelage under uh, Urban Meyer, so no gripes there. Yeah, it's 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 like a, a Joe Burrow situation, kind of. Yeah, maybe a little more upside. He's more highly recruited than Joe Burrow was, but... Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, well... Oh, no. That doesn't make you look good either. No, I did not look good in that one, but yeah. it was too good he not to third, share. Third tier wasn't like he was the second tier guy. All right. Well, I, st- I still think it's bad, especially the, yeah, it's definitely not good, especially the higher upside than Joe Burrow. Yeah, that didn't sound that didn't come off well. So speaking of Miami quarterbacks and their tears, we were doing something with Miami in the ACC preview. OK, we got the ACC here. I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the Miami Hurricanes. You're getting 11 or plus 1125. So quite a bit odds there to win the ACC. They're my pick to win the division, of course. I, I mentioned that in our last couple podcasts back. And, you know, I think this is actually possible because maybe Clemson's defense won't be quite as dominant as it has been, uh, especially last year. And the U, they got a really, really good defense, especially with Manny Diaz still in charge. I'm encouraged that Tate Martell didn't win the job. I think that's <laughs> I think that's a very good sign for, for the U fans, especially since it didn't take long for Diaz to make a choice. I think that's also a good sign. Like, hey, this Williams is a clear cut above, so I can just go ahead and say it now. So I'm in, I'm in, I'm encouraged by it. Man, 
you just did not have your finger on the pulse of Miami, I guess. Yeah, they can't ever put it together, man. No, I was I was high on Miami going into the season also. Um, but our last one here, your worst take of the offseason was proven wrong pretty much immediately after you said it within, I think, days. So uh, I'm going to play a long clip here, and there's actually a flashback within a flashback. So enjoy. Getting crazy. And that is that Ryan is a liar. Well, no, so, you uh, set me up badly on that one. I did, well, okay. Let's first, let me just play a clip from last week's episode. Oh, boy. See, it felt like fast food always tasted better at like midnight, but I'm done. I haven't done that in a long time, and I'm, I, won't, I won't do it again. <laughs> I think I also said, go get it. <laughs> late, late, late night fast food runs. No, no. And then we'll, let me just fast forward to two days le- after that podcast. And it's Friday night at midnight, and Ryan is chowing down on some chicken McNuggets from McDonald's. Well, tell the whole story, Mike. <laughs> What's the whole story? So you visited me. You were coming home from a Laker game, going to stay at my place. You and your girlfriend come home at like midnight. I, I normally would be asleep by then, but I was kind of waiting up for you actually. And then well, thank you. You come home with some McDonald's. You didn't even text me because you knew I probably I wouldn't I would have asked that for is it. That is 100% true. But then your girlfriend, your girlfriend sits there and asks you, hey, Michael, do you want to finish my nuggets? Like, I'm not going to be able to finish these. And you're like, no, no, no. So I'm like, well, if nobody's going to eat them, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll step in. <laughs> it still counts. You still ate the fast food. Okay. No one, we could have thrown okay. it out. Now, it's, it's true. I, I should have resisted, but man, it was delivered right to me. It was free. <laughs> I got and you popped up. up so quickly when Sarah said that. And you're like, well, I might as well have a Coke with it. And went to the fridge and got a Coke. <laughs> well, you can't have some nuggets without a Coke. So. <laughs> so I have. I don't. Oh, no. It hasn't happened since. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I'm not going to say it won't ever happen again. <laughs> yeah, you've learned your lesson. We did go to Capriati's this weekend, finally. Yeah. It's been forever since I'd been there. In the middle of the day for lunch? Yes, we did. Middle of the day, yeah, not midnight, but it was great. Yeah, it's all right. You didn't like it? No, I did. It was pretty solid, but it wasn't like, oh boy, this is, uh, I'm not going back there. Did it live up to your expectations, Michael? You know, honestly, not quite. It didn't <laughs> it was, look like it did. <laughs> it was good. I mean, I ate the whole thing and it was good, but I think it could have used a little more Russian dressing. Mm. I got a uh, pastrami sandwich. Hmm. But could've anyway, this is not more. interesting to the listeners. So yeah. uh, I guess I'm stalling because, well, no, first we get to go and, and hear my best takes. So I'm excited about that. That's going to be a and brief, brief uh, moment, though. It's no, just- I since I put these together, I've got 12. I have 12. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, I just have four. So the first one is is in our SEC West preview episode, and I was talking about LSU. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Trey. I'm going to go over here on LSU, and I'm excited about the offense. Like, I think they they are going to take a step forward here because you know they're bringing in a new passing game coordinator who learned under Joe Moorhead. They're bringing in the RPO. I know it feels like we hear this a lot about LSU modernizing the offense, but <laughs> I'm thinking this is actually the year where it's happening. So. And you're right, that defense is one of the best in the country. The secondary is the best in the country with Grant Delpit at safety, Christian Fulton at corner, and maybe the guy I'm most excited to watch, Derek Stingley, the true freshman at corner. He should I think he should replace Greedy Williams just fine if if he lives yep. if he lives up to the hype. 
yeah, I'm I'm loving this team. I think they're stacked. I'm going to go over. Spot the lie. Spot the lie. Can't do it. Bravo. Bravo. Okay. Uh, next is one that you guys made fun of me for. We were, uh, it was in the game day locations episode when we were predicting every location. We actually, as a team, did really well. I think we got the first like seven weeks right or something. And uh, one of the early weeks was Everyone was expecting Syracuse, uh, Clemson at Syracuse to get game day, but I went a different direction. I'm going to avoid that one. I'm going to say Iowa at Iowa State gets game day. Oh, wow. my God. I know that's what? going out on a limb here, but yeah. both teams are, are very likely to be undefeated going into the game. I'm guessing they'll both be ranked. And it's just, I mean, that's such a great rivalry, I think. And and the fact that Iowa State has never hosted game day and the atmosphere for that game would be, I feel like it would be like Washington State last year for game day. So I just think it would be a great choice. I don't know if it will get picked, but that's that's my guess. Yep. Yeah, that was a good call. Yeah, you sounded really dumb there, Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, and that game that game turned out to be really good too. Seems like all the extra talking on the side usually benefits Michael in these two. Well, there's been a couple bad ones though. I feel like yeah, maybe one or two. But yes, I am in control of that, so sometimes it does. But don't worry, I have five horrendous takes, so we're gonna get to that. But just I got two more good ones here. Um, this one is uh, was my call me crazy prediction about Ohio State. Call me crazy, but I think Justin Fields could be better than Dwayne Haskins this year. You're insane. You're not just crazy. You're insane. Well, just just let me make my case first, Ryan. Maybe I'll change your mind. Okay. Okay? So, I just think that, obviously, this is going to be very tough, but I think people are too opposed to, to hype when someone hasn't played very much. It happened for Tua before last year. Athlon put him as their number two quarterback before the season, and people threw a fit. And at OU, we all thought it was impossible to be better than Baker Mayfield. Kyler Murray one-upped him. I don't think it's crazy to think that the number two recruit in the country, only behind, of course, Trevor Lawrence, and a guy with excellent running ability, a trait that Haskins didn't have, unless unless you ask Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't think it's crazy to think he has the potential to one-up Haskins. It was pretty good. Okay, last one. Last one here is uh, has to do with one of our, our favorite schools to talk about, Rutgers. Uh-oh. I'll take the next maybe easiest one. I'll take Chris Ash at Rutgers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I feel like it's an easy choice to replace him. Who, who are you going with? You think it's easy? Well, so maybe. Just, it, okay. So I'm thinking like I'm thinking Munkin from Army. Ooh. Okay. Well, I. Because I wouldn't. I was the reason I'm going that way is because I feel like if Rutgers really wants to compete, they might have to change their style. And Munkins in the kind of that greater New York Northeast area. So yeah, no, that makes some sense. I actually I was thinking Greg Schiano. <laughs> oh, that I mean that would be <laughs> yeah. kind of cool. It makes sense, doesn't it? It does. Who laughed there? Was that you, Trey? No, that was you, Ryan. That was definitely you. <laughs> nice try. I said that would be cool. Tra- yeah, Trey uh, and I were hysterically laughing about your your Baylor prediction, but you laughed a couple times at me too, Ryan. I did. Yep. That was uh, bad. Okay. Enough Enough good stuff for me. Well, you guys make fun of me. All right. Well, this one's easy. This was very predictable. 
We all know Michael's love for Joe Moorhead, and we were talking about overrated and underrated teams in the preseason AP poll. I am very happy that we're doing this because I'm going with Mississippi State. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, they were 28th in, in the rankings, and I really think they'd be favored against like seven or eight of the teams that are in the top 25. Last year, in pretty much every respected computer ranking, at least every one that I respect, because I, I won't respect you unless you rate Mississippi State highly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, they were in the top 10, though, in like S&P Plus, uh, Sagarin, Massey Peabody. So I think they were a lot better than people give them credit for. Yep. And this year with year two, Joe Moorhead bringing in Tommy Stevens. Yeah, the defense will get Tommy worse. Stevens. With, mm. I like Tommy Stevens, Ryan. All right. Well, better who could me. have predicted that Joe yeah. Moorhead, after what he did at Moorhead State, or at Moorhead State, at um, <laughs> Fordham. Ooh, Fordham. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I was fairly high on Mississippi State, too, but you, you take the cake in, in your, your love for Moorhead. Yeah, I was totally wrong on uh, his his tenure there. All right, let's move on here. And then the second one was uh, we were talking about dark horse Heisman candidates, and um, well, two of your guys, uh, yeah, not that great. Khalil Tate, seventy five to one, two years ago, he played basically nine games, fourteen hundred yards rushing. So yeah, if he's healthy and let loose like he was a couple years ago, then. There's at least a chance he could have an all-time great year. Oh, wait. No, your other one's D.R. King, huh? Okay, well, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> D.R. King, 66 to 1. So Mitchell actually has a prop bet for us on Instagram. Over under 50 total touchdowns for D.R. King. I'm going over. He had 50 <laughs> last year, and he only played in 11 games. So if he stays healthy, yeah. Houston has him a couple upsets. Him and Holgerson, that's a good tandem. It is, yeah. Yep, for sure. So I got I got two things with this one. Number one, I really wanted what a what a shame we didn't get to see Khalil Tate 2.0 like like he was originally. But number two, for Derek King, let's just fast forward to this time next year. We're probably going to be having this same exact take because Michael's going to be all in on Miami and Derek King. Oh, <laughs> man, I don't know with that offensive line, but uh, I'll probably talk myself into it. You're probably right. <laughs> I just, man, I just, he seemed like, he's the one that's really disappointing because Tate seemed more boomer bust. De'Ara King, I just thought was boom for sure. Yeah, but I got off to a rough start. He was not. Khalil Tate was there for quite a while. I mean, he, he played most of the games. He just, he sucked. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's rough. All right. This is for our, our Sparty fans out there. The Bradens of the world, Spartan Ties of the world. Here we go. Michael's take on Sparty. I am going to go with Michigan State plus 1250 to win the conference. Oh, yeah. The defense we know is going to be great. So they've got a, a championship level defense. That's that's my analysis. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, off, okay. So offensively, last year, just it seemed like everything went wrong for them. Brian Lewerke was playing hurt at quarterback for much of the season. A bunch of wide receivers missed games with injuries, including... Cody White and Daryl Stewart, they're both back. They had to use nine different combinations on the offensive line because of all the injuries they had there. So this year, with mostly everyone back, hopefully some better luck there on the, the injury front, I think they got a shot. Again, who could have predicted that just shuffling the uh, offensive staff up, I thought that was going to be the cure. 
That <laughs> was a great idea. Uh, but can't believe it failed. Yeah. Uh, they essentially do the same thing this year again. Yeah, no, there's been no news out of Michigan yeah, State, I, has there? I, not that I've heard. N- not that I've heard either. That we'll would be, get into it, though. That would be crazy if they don't yeah. shake it up even more. Just shuffle it again, I guess. Why not? <laughs> but a little harder. Like, yeah, more. maybe switch yeah. some offensive guys to defense or defense to offense. Ooh, now know? that's that's creative. I like that. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to your other bad take here. Let's see. We had, uh, so we were going, we we're talking about Big Ten quarterbacks. We were ranking them. And uh, so we have a couple of clips uh, on your take on Hunter Johnson. Uh, I, I don't have the cl- I don't have the clips. Wow. No, I, I have them. Oh, yeah, I thought so. Number five, controversial pick here, maybe. Northwestern, Hunter Johnson. It's a, you got to put him somewhere. Like, you got to take a shot. You can't just put him at last to the people that haven't played. Right. It's, it's tough. So, it's all pedigree. Obviously, he's the five-star transfer from Clemson. Full year to sit out, learn the offense. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm high on him. There's, the potential is there to be great. The offense has has been so bad, and but I think that's almost a reason I like them because I just I was never a big Clayton Thorson fan. I just I just he was inefficient. He threw too many interceptions. So I think the change to Hunter Johnson alone. I know he's a big question mark. He could be boom or bust here, but I think he could be a massive upgrade. So I'm going to predict that he is, and for that reason only, I'm going to go over. That's the worst part of that one is. I hated, I feel like, not about hated, but I was feeling under on Northwestern, under, under, everywhere else, but Hunter Johnson. I was like, that guy, he's going to be good. He just has to be good. (laughs) And that is, he threw one touchdown and four picks. So, didn't quite work out. Yeah, what they were god-awful on offense. Oh, so terrible. They were worse than Sparty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's bad. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, if there's one thing you can take to the bank on this podcast, it's Michael talking himself into some Jim Harbaugh. So here we go. All right. For my playoff, I'm going Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia as the top three seeds. I just think they're clearly the, the three best teams. And my fourth team is Michigan. Ryan, you made you made the case for it. I just think the offense is going to take that leap forward this year with uh, with all the skill talent they have. Josh Gaddis as offensive coordinator. So... Yeah, that uh, was the opposite of the Joe Brady effect. Uh, this was uh, got to struggled. Yeah, I mean, they. I, I think they got better as the season went on, but it's just they just are what they are right now. They're they're good, but they're nowhere close to Ohio State. So yeah, yeah. it wasn't like an awful take, but they just they just don't have they haven't got that next step yet. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad take though to go to the playoff, even though there were some people picking it, but. It's just they had no chance, really. Ohio State's so much more talented. I mean, they got smoked by Wisconsin. Yeah, that too. That was ugly. Okay, that's it for the bros. We are all off the hot seat now, and let's move on to some really bad takes we found on the internet. It turns out, believe it or not, some people on the internet say stupid things. All right, let's do it. I'll get us going. You guys here. didn't think that was that you didn't think that that was funny. Yeah, it was hilarious. Like, yeah, maybe I, even a, pi- a pity laugh or something. I haven't heard anybody ever make that joke. You can add it. You can dub in that fake laugh later. That would be not. You know what? I have somewhere Ryan fake laughing. Ryan, why don't you you talk about all these bad takes? I'm gonna try and find that. 
All right, so uh, I'm going to start off with some LSU-related takes, uh, particularly on Coach O. Um, so after, so this one was after LSU hired Coach Orgeron. Clay Travis tweeted, um, LSU firing its most successful head coach in program history to hire Ed Orgeron is the most LSU move possible. Maybe he meant it in a positive way. Yeah, it's true. He could say, could have, could have been good. Didn't say it was bad, per se. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> he found it. Wow. I found it. That's, that is me. Oh, I'm going to play that one to death. No. Anytime Ryan makes a joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, all right. This one. After LSU's uh, loss at home uh, to Troy uh, in 2017, uh, Dan Walken tweeted, uh, Yesterday, a college football coach's agent called me. All he said was, LSU hired Ed Orgeron. And then we laughed for a few minutes. Ouch. That one, that's, wow. that's a bad one. That's because that's just, that's just mean. I know. Like, even at the time. We laughed for a few minutes. Oh, brutal. Uh, then Colin Coward said, uh, LSU settled. This is what happens when you settle. You win national championships, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all so right, you're saying then, Clay uh, Helton, USC is going to win a title with Clay? Oh, that's not even settling. That's just giving up. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Um, all right. Then on a sports center, they had a few years ago, they had uh, Booger McFarland, who is a very smart guy, right? Yeah. Uh, no. Where, where is it, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> all right. I can't believe I've never used uh, that drop before. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised that you had that. All right, so Burger McFarlane and Paul Feinbaum uh, were on, and they were asked uh, for their worst head coaching hires of the offseason. Paul uh, said Coach O, and then Booger said Matt Rule. Wow. Not great. Not Not a good one, bud. So those are pretty bad. Uh, Then we had some other... Some other LSU-related takes. This one is uh, from our... Again, from our friend Dan Wolkin. He is all over the Uh, place. Yeah. So in November... Uh, he said, uh, I don't remember what year this was. What was this? Was oh, this no, this past was this year. year. Yeah. 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 Said, uh, it's time to seriously consider the possibility that Georgia is going to beat LSU. No, it's not. Nope. Uh, and then in September, a little earlier, he said, I kind of think Auburn might be the best team in the SEC. That one, I don't know how he thought that even at the time. I mean, it's yeah, hard because they barely beat Oregon in comeback fashion. Maybe that's why. Yeah, but because at the time, I know they ended up beating Alabama, so, but at the time, how could you have thought Auburn was better than Alabama? I don't quite remember. I can't really put myself back in that time period, but. And Georgia. Georgia had beaten, Georgia had just beaten Notre Dame. They yeah. were still unbeaten. Yeah, that was, that was a weird take. LSU had beaten Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, all right. Uh, then we have uh, our good friend Barry McCockiner. Um, <laughs> he was saying during the national championship, he tweeted, um, can already tell Clemson is going to win this by 20-plus. At least double digits. It's, people always overreact to that. Dr. Barry, Dr. Barry, he's, you know, yeah. sometimes wrong. I remember I was watching the, a few years ago, like Wisconsin and Miami were playing, and I think it was the Orange Bowl, and Miami got off to a really good start. I think they were up like 10 nothing or something like that, and the guy I was watching the game was like, oh, dude, this is over. This is this game's done. It's, it's, it's got nothing. And I'm like, dude. Just relax. Wisconsin will settle, and I bet you they'll win this game. And you know, Wisconsin came back, but people overreact to like two series, and it's like, dude, relax for sure. Especially in this in this one, I don't think 
I definitely didn't get the feeling that Clemson was just going to dominate this one. Yeah, I got the feeling no. like, hey, eventually LSU's offense is going to wake up. I didn't, I didn't know if they'd win, but yeah, it wasn't going to be a blowout. No. Um, let's see. Everybody's favorite here, Skip Bayless. He said, uh, "Please let LSU be the number one seed. Oklahoma would have a much better chance versus LSU than Ohio State." Ooh. Oh, that's that's pretty big. That's pretty. You like that one, yeah. right? Well, I mean, it's like the it's the first time you read it. Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really prepared, but no, that's rough, man. That's bad. It is. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. And then the next one here, in response to uh, Dennis Dodd asking Scott Frost about potentially taking uh, Joe Burrow as a transfer a couple years ago, Frost said, uh, "You think he's better than what we got?" Uh, I mean, maybe it was an earnest question. Uh, and then Pete Mundo uh, of Heartland Sports, uh, in response to Joe Burrow transferring to LSU, he wrote, I guess Burrow really wants to tank his career. I kid, somewhat. But LSU is basically where quarterbacks go to die. That's that's a bad, that is bad <laughs> to put in that's print, bad. especially. I. I think I probably I wouldn't have said it in such harsh words, but it definitely is odd if you're a quarterback that's wanting to get, you know, drafted into the NFL to go to LSU. It did seem like not a a great choice, kind of like right now with Derek King going to Miami. But hopefully, yeah, but Joe Burrow wasn't even playing. No, that's true. That's true. So I guess having the chance to start to go play at LSU top 25 team in the SEC. I mean, true. But yes, I mean, point taken, it's. You know, not nobody saw this coming. No. Uh, okay, I've got a few more bad takes here. So Theo Lawson, a, a sports writer in Spokane, tweeted, Wow, amid reports Mike Leach had met with Arkansas, Pat Chun manages to strike a deal with the WSU coach through 2024, and now you can all breathe easy. Oh, he's not going anywhere now. No, for sure. Just because you sign an extension means you're staying forever. Yeah, so I assume he's still at Washington State. Uh, next one, Dan Dockich, who would have thunk he would tweet something stupid. He said during the Tennessee-Indiana Bowl game, tried to tell you Hoosiers rolling. That was in all caps. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, the, the told you so tweets are just, they're, you're just asking for it in the middle of a game. In the middle of a game. It's like you're never, you're not going to get any pub for like your prediction there. No. Like, no. People are going to be look at that tweet and be like, oh, yeah, you were right. <laughs> no. It's true. <laughs> uh, okay, next one. After Tate Martell transferred to Miami, Stuart Mandel tweeted, seriously, other than Clemson, no one is having a better January than the U. Then another Miami one here. Stateoftheu.com in July released an article with the headline, Dan Enos building the next great offense at Miami. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, that's that uh, one's pretty he's no, bad. He's no longer there. Ryan Leaf tweeted at Heather Dinich about the Pac-12 championship, and he said, quote, Utah wins, Heather, by at least 10 points. Book it. <laughs> didn't, didn't work out. I, no, they lost by a lot. Uh, about the same game, Dan Rubenstein uh, Ty Hildenbrandt's co-host, who, by the way, Ryan and I were going back and forth earlier. I just want to clear it up. We really do like Ty, and he has been super nice to us. I don't know why we had the giggles, but we cleared it up. We're done. Yeah, no, he he really is nice. I know. Okay, now we're going to get into the giggles again (laughs) about nothing, as if we're hiding something. There's nothing to hide, Ryan. He's been very nice. He's helped us out twice, and he's great on his podcast. 
and we love him. I know. I'm sure he'll help us out again in this offseason, too. Wow, that's presumptuous. Anyway, well, moving on. He's such a nice guy, Michael. I know, well, that's true. You're right. Okay, that's true. <laughs> Dan Rubenstein, who also I'm sure is a nice guy. I never met him. Um, he said, quote, financial advice. Get in early on Utah's opening line minus anything over Oregon next week. And they minus uh, negative 30. No, they wouldn't have covered uh, negative zero, which I, I was doing double negative there. I got what oh, you did, Ryan. Oh, well I didn't done. hear that. I just heard negative 30. No. Oh, you minus negative 30. Yeah. Good job, Ryan. Thanks. <laughs> that was a thinker. That went right over my head. <laughs> How much did they lose by exactly? They did they? I don't remember the final. I don't remember the final either. Let's. What was the final of uh, Utah, Oregon? I'll double check. Felt like Oregon. They pulled away late for sure. They they won by double digits, at least. At least, maybe triple. <laughs> <laughs> While you're looking for that, Ryan. Next one. Sports uh. Illustrated writer Adam J. Maya wrote an article after the season and reported that Clay Helton was getting fired, and I was super excited. And then. Sports Illustrated, the same company, debunked that and said, no, 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 he's actually not getting fired. And I was sad again, and that's where we are today. Ouch. Uh, 37.15. Oh, that's even more than I remember. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Last one here for me is from Rayma, the orangutan from the Phoenix Zoo, picked Ohio State over Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl. What an (laughs) idiot dumb wow the nerve stupid orangutan (laughs) wow (laughs) we had to dig deep for some of these all right uh my first one here again from clay travis oh who would have thunk he would have said something? i know and with his very famous blood bank guarantees which you'd be losing a lot of blood if you whatever but uh (laughs) he bet that alabama would win at auburn with his guarantee that didn't quite pan out. Nope. Number two for me here was the FPI. Before the season, they gave Michigan over a 48% chance to win the Big Ten and gave Ohio State only an 8% chance. What? I mean, even before the season, that was stupid. That was, that that was e- crazy. Exactly. That's crazy. I mean, wow. Check your computers. It ain't working. No. Uh. My third one here, the MAC, their preseason media poll, picked Central Michigan to finish last. They ended up, of course, winning the conference. I feel like the MAC is always so hard to predict. This year especially, it was, even before the year, it was pretty wide open. We talked about that. Yeah. There's a good take from us. Molly Knight, she tweeted, not looking forward to Cal beating Stanford for the first time in a decade this year, to be quite honest. To which Ramona Shelburne replied, relax, we'll still beat Cal. This isn't the Tevens years. Stick to the NBA, Ramona. <laughs> yeah, stay in your lane. All right, number five. Former Mizzou wide receiver TJ Moe, he tweeted, save your fire Odom takes. Ain't happening no matter how loud you pout about it. Well, we, we know what happened. That was rough. I feel like that was a little, I don't know. That's a rough fire. Another one, uh, in response to the beef between Mike Loxley and Josh Gaddis, Barrett Sally tweeted, Mike's like, excuse me, Mike Loxley's offense, good. Josh Gaddis's offense, not good. End of analysis. Oh, 
Yeah, I would. Uh, at the end of the year, I'll, I'll take Michigan's offense. Yeah. And then finally, Will Kane tweeted, after last year's Sugar Bowl when Texas beat Georgia, the expectations are now rightfully unlimited for the Horns. Texas should be in the college football playoff next season. You even bother to look at who they have coming back? You guys can listen to the episodes. I was the complete opposite after that game. I was saying, oh, they're going to be so overrated. I'm going under immediately. We, yeah, every, all of we us were, were all, you were especially Trey, but we were all low on Texas. Yeah, they just lost so much. So that was, yeah, that, that hype got out of control after that game. Um, but also another old take exposed from that game was Sam Ellinger after oh, yeah. the game. Say we're back. Yeah, not so much, Sam. No. Uh, okay, that does it for all of the takes. Uh, we just have a quick segment here, and then we will close out the episode. We got to talk about the coaching carousel, Ryan. Uh, yeah, Dave Aranda is going to Baylor. He's trying to take over for the greatest coach in school history. Um, hmm. nah, I'm just kidding. Art Bryles has got a case, even though he's a jerk. <laughs> is that can i say that and not yeah i think you're i think it's safe you're safe to say that right you'll <laughs> okay. be okay i thought so yeah so dave aranda ellis to baylor what do you guys think i think it's a good hire i mean keeps the focus on the defense and it won't really change that much to keep the three four style going i think it'll work out well yeah i mean i i always get more excited when it's someone that has head coaching ex- head coaching experience right okay well i guess i'm a broken record so yeah but yeah, if you're going to hire a coordinator, then he was one of the top, you know, two or three candidates out there. So I, it makes sense. It's a fine hire. Yeah, he's he was due for a good job. And I do like the fact that they will have a, a primary focus on defense with him, you know, compared to the rest of the Big 12 being obviously offensive stacked. Okay. Other than your boy, Gary Patterson. I know there's a few sprinkled in there, but yeah. Next, we have Todd Graham being hired at Hawaii to replace Nick Rolovich. And this is definitely not super exciting. He's not he's not Nick Rolovich. He's not a young, exciting guy um, with a high flying offense. But he is a good coach. Even at Arizona State, he it's not like he flamed out. They could have very reasonably kept him. He could still be the coach there. Um, but they just decided to go a different direction. But um, I think he's going to keep Hawaii competitive. I think it's I think he's solid. Yeah, and this this level of, of college football might be best suited for him because you you talk about Arizona state. He had one or two good years sprinkled in there, but overall it was, it was, it was okay, but he yeah. really excelled at Tulsa. And so I think he can really uh, maybe get, keep Hawaii uh, humming. Yeah, no, I, I like the hire. I mean, he had a good, he did a pretty good job there at ASU. He went 31 and 23 uh, in the pac 12, which is pretty good when you're at, at ASU. So he had yeah. some good years. And even in his last year, when he, after he got fired, he, made a bowl game, went seven and five. So yeah, I think this is a, a pretty good hire if you're Hawaii. All right. And then San Diego State, Rocky Long retires and Brady Hoke takes over. So for me, uh, you know, there was all those rumors about about uh, Long interviewing for other Power 5 de- defensive coordinator positions that still could come about. Uh, but man, he left the program in great shape for Brady Hoke, who comes back to San Diego State. Well, he was there this past year, but he was the head coach prior. And man, that, I, I like it. It makes sense. And I don't see why this can't work. 
Yeah, I mean, I I really don't have anything to add, Trey. I think it makes sense. Just keep the continuity, and he had success there before. Why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, he's a what was the defensive line coach? Did we say that that at San Diego State this year? I don't think we mentioned that. No. Oh yeah, they had pretty darn good defense this past year. So he knows what he's doing, I guess, on that side of the ball. Why not? It could work out again. Okay, last thing we have to get to is Derek King transferring to the U. We kind of alluded to it early in the, earlier in the show. What do you think, Ryan? I mean, it's a great get if you're the U. I mean, Derek King was probably the most sad after quarterback out there still. I mean, Jamie Newman was arguably up there, but he ended up going to Georgia. So he is an electric player. We've seen him at his best at Houston. He put up huge numbers. Michael, he was Michael's probably favorite quarterback there for, for a good while. Um, he's going to be a different animal there at Miami. It's uh, They haven't had a good offense for a little while, but if anybody can spice it up a little bit, give them a little boost, it would probably be him. So it's, a, it's definitely a big get for them. I, I predicted this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. I thought Manny Diaz is desperate. He needs to make a move and, and get somebody like this. This is a dynamic player and, you know, they want to uh, liven up the offense and what better player to do it with than, than King. So I, I think it makes sense. Yeah. And the hope is he can behind a, a mediocre or bad offensive line. He can kind of negate that weakness, hopefully. Um, I will say losing Jaron Williams is not great. Of course, he's younger and. I thought he was fine this year, especially considering uh, the circumstances of that offense. So um, that is a loss if if he does end up transferring away. And I'll be interested to see what, what Williams does going forward at, at another school. Yeah. Um, all right. That'll do it for our Old Takes Exposed episode. Be sure to let us know your worst takes of the season um, on Twitter at CFB Bros, Facebook, Facebook.com slash college football bros and i'll probably uh post a, a sticker on instagram asking asking for your worst takes that is at college football bros and ryan trey and i will make fun of you mercilessly i'm sure will <laughs> looking right. forward to it michael <laughs> okay great actually ryan you gotta get on instagram you're not on instagram yeah okay so with that <laughs> yeah ryan's gonna get on instagram and we'll talk to you next week you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.